Hello, everyone. This is Adam West. Uh, maybe you're thrilled to buy adventures, right, on Batman there? Hmm? My secret true identity, Bruce Wayne, millionaire philanthropist. Anyway, I'm glad to talk to you all and have the privilege of doing the following. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Let him have it, Chris. 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 There's a button and a switch for everything. What's that? You're listening to Aerial View, worldwide on the internet. No tricks now, Chris. What's gonna happen? Say you'll do it, alright. Come on, you know better than that. Say you'll do it, alright. What kind of radio show is this? I heard his voice on the tape and it really put the hook in me. Life is reduced to the common rubble of banality. War, murder, death. All the same to you as bottles of beer. And the daily business of life is a corrupt comedy.
Good evening and welcome to Aerial View here on thehoundnyc.com. My name is Chris T. And uh, this show first aired in 1989 over the airwaves of WFMU, a little radio station. In New Jersey, where I first started doing radio, I showed up there in 1986, went on the air not long after with Kaz, doing a show called The Nightmare Lounge, and that's got to be the same year I met Frank O'Toole, who was around prior to me, been around for a minute by the time I showed up there. And the news comes to me probably about two hours ago that Frank, also known as FXO, has merged with the infinite. That's what I like to call it nowadays when someone slips over to the other side. Whatever euphemism you prefer for death. Because in the end, that's, that's the big one. Every other topic, if you ask me, IMO, pales in relation to the topic of death. So hard to comprehend, so hard to understand the meaning of finality. The idea that you won't be around anymore, what? I won't be around anymore. And then there are those out there who are trying to download memories, actually make sure that you never have to not be around. Because if your memories are around, doesn't that mean you're around? We're all a collection of memories anyway. And I remember Frank always being nice to me um, always able to uh, kibitz back and forth certainly able to do a freeform radio show and all over the internet tributes are pouring in I say all over, I really mean on Facebook. I mean, that's where I learned of it, which is, that's a whole nother subject. The, you know, the idea that this is now how we hear about people we consider dear to us having, oh, euphemistically speaking, shuffled off, moved on. The euphemisms, again... They pale. Why death is even sometimes called the pale rider. It comes for us all. Except for those people that are again trying to download their goddamn memories. So they never have to disappear from the face of the earth. Because that's an odd concept too. I mean I think that's, you know, what the whole drive to reproduce is about. You don't want to disappear. You want some form of yourself to be around somehow, some way. I lose my patience sometimes. You know, when people go on and on about their kids or, you know, how they would sacrifice for their kids. And yeah, I I get it. You're more than happy to sacrifice for your kids. But, you know, I've long thought and I've often said... Your kids are yourself, you know? Your kids are the part of you that might remain. Who knows? Might thrive, might... And I, I think that's one of the things that drive... Like, why people are so goddamn greedy nowadays. Like, why greed has gone to epic levels. Because no one wants to die. They think if they have enough money... They can 
guarantee these future generations on and on and on. So some form of themselves will always walk the earth. It just seems like the height of ego, you ask me. IMO. This is Aerial View on TheHoundNYC.com. This is Chris T. And uh, if you hadn't heard, I was talking about a friend of mine from the old days. Frank was the kind of person you wish hadn't died. And I'm the kind of person that people wish death on. So we're two totally different kinds of people. I mean, one of the things that is interesting to see, you know, because we have this place we could all go and say things, social media, Twitter and Facebook, and to some degree Instagram. You know, I I read now that the long caption is a thing on Instagram. People are writing these long captions. And uh, using Instagram like it's, oh, Facebook or something. By the way, there's a phone number here, 760-422-5528, 760-I-CALL-AV. There is a roster as well. And we have an upside-down update for you as usual. But mainly tonight, ghosting and getting ghosted. I am your ghost host. I asked the question, as did Engelbert Humperdinck on one of my mother's 45s. You know, the little records with the big holes. Am I that easy to forget? You know, I wrote that down. I put it on the roster. But honest to God, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what the hell I was talking about at the time. It seemed like a good idea. 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV to join in live or to leave a message for play on the air. 760-422-5528. I'm always delighted when I actually get a phone call. Let's go and... Do I dare check and see how many people are listening to this? Dear me. Oh, that's not so bad. It's about the numbers last week. Thank you. Wow. Hmm. Not at least I'm not slipping off from last week, falling off from last week. That's good. Thank you to everybody who's listening, and don't forget this show will replay Tuesday at 6 p.m. here on thehoundnyc.com, and then it becomes a uh, podcast Tuesday nights. So death, yeah. Wrap your mind around that. I, I'm trying to remember because this is one of those questions they ask people. They. Who in the hell is they? They. Just plain and simple they. That's who they is. They shut it up. They. Who in the hell is they? <laughs> Why, they is just plain and fancy they. That's who they is. <laughs> Caught you, didn't they, huh? Tied a tin can to your tail. Let All right, that'll be enough of that. Yeah. Oh, I, got, I like this part at the end here. What a bunch. What a bunch. Here you are with a handful of holes, a thumb up your ass, and a big grin to pass the time of day with. Hey, who the hell is they? <sighs> yeah, they. Who the hell is they? Uh, one of the questions they like to ask is, when were you first conscious? Uh, conscious of the idea of death, dying, and. Um, I don't know. I guess I had some consciousness of it early on. I might have gone to a relative's funeral. 
I don't know if I remember it. I remember hearing about a nephew, uh, cousin I should say, cousin of mine, many years ago who died in a car crash at an early age. I'm thinking, wow, I'm not going to see him anymore. Not going to be around. And then the next one was also a car crash. I mean, the first funeral I attended was actually... My employer at the time, her son died when his convertible flipped over up near the Canadian border. And, uh, I mean, you know what happens if a convertible flips over. They're probably not going to survive that, so. And he was young, too. It's like college age. And that, that's, I remember, I used to see this kid in the back of the bakery. My first job was working at this bakery on Wellwood Avenue in Lindenhurst. Cheslax Modern Bakery. I think it's still there. And that was my first actual job. And I kept baker's hours. Got there at like 5 a.m., On the weekends and then during the school day, I'd go there after school and work. And I did it all. Haul bags of flour out of the garage, put them in the big bins, scrape the floor on my hands and knees, the stone floor and the wood floor with different scrapers, mind you. Wire brushes on the stone floor down on your hands and knees working the wire brushes over the stone floor getting all the dirt and filth up and then sweeping it up and then on the wood floor taking the big scraper the big paint scraper and scraping the entire wood floor on your hands and knees and sweeping that up and washing all the bakeware and washing all the dishes and Washing all the cutlery. Cutlery. <laughs> I once used the word cutlery in a truck stop, and that was the reaction. Somebody, somebody at the driver's table went, cutlery. Like it was, like I had my pinky in the air. I didn't know it was such a high-tone word. Cutlery. I looked around, I, I said, what about... Silverware? Silverware? Flatware? Flatware? Don't you mean a fork and a spoon? (sighs) But I digress. I did it all in that bakery. And I actually worked my way up to baking stuff. I actually would bake stuff. But I remember this kid. I remember this kid, the son of the owner, coming in the back, as we called it. Because there was the store up front, and then there was this long hallway, in the middle of which was the lone bathroom. And then there was the back. The back is where all the action took place. Where Kurt, the white nationalist, master baker, held court. Oh, we all hated Kurt. Oh my God, me and Mike. We hated him so much, we, uh, we burnt him in effigy in my mother's basement one time. We took a, I forget what kind of doll it was we got from the odd lot. We carved off all the the hair because Kurt was bald. And we made a little white baker's apron to put on him. And we went down to my mother's basement where there was this old stove. Because we had a 
kitchen in our basement for some reason. I don't know if it's because of hurricanes or how it ended up down there, but I grew up with like a refrigerator and a stove down in the basement. I don't know if either one of them ever worked. The refrigerator worked for a while. I remember you could put stuff in the refrigerator. The stove, I don't remember ever seeing the stove work, but the stove had these pull-down oven doors that were narrow like a pizza oven almost and it kind of looked like the big stove that we had the oven I should say it's not a stove an oven in the bakery which had a carousel inside of it and these huge these huge flat shelves that went around like on the carousel and you would shove the baking pans in there and you could fit a lot of them side by side these big baking pans get like six of them in there on each shelf and then you would hit the button and the next shelf would move into place and you'd shove more bake pans on that shelf you fill up this carousel man and the carousel would go around and around and stuff would get baked And I, uh, I actually got pretty good at making stuff. I made baker, I made uh, baked goods. I made turnovers and bear claws and pies, lots and lots of pies and bread. And this kid, the son of one of the owners, was owned by a couple of sisters. I think it was three sisters, actually. And this is, I've told this story before, but I'll I'll tell it quickly now, because this is the same place where the, uh, it was a Polish bakery. So the grandmother who lived upstairs, I, I, it was actually their mother, but we called her grandma, was a Holocaust survivor. And... She must have been in uh, the early or middle stages of dementia because she used to call me Yanni all the time. And you would give her a broom, she would stand in a corner, she would sweep, and she would talk to me in Polish and call me Yanni. And um, I would I would talk with her and... I, it was the weirdest thing. I've been like 17 years old got my hands into dishwater, deep dishwater in a deep commercial stainless steel sink, and I'm washing things, trying to wash them quickly, rinse them, put them on a rack to dry. So Kurt, the white nationalist, he was actually a Nazi. I mean, we didn't say white nationalist back then. And, uh, so we burned him in effigy. We put him we put him down in the basement in front of this this oven. We opened one of the oven doors. We doused him in lighter fluid. We we set him on fire and we took polaroids of it. And then we laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> We had one of those laughs. We we laughed until we were out of breath over that. That was great. Kurt had this thing he would do. He would snap his fingers. And he would do this with his... He would do one of those things. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. You think you can get me a couple of... Hey, buddy. He called everybody buddy. Hey, buddy. Because he couldn't remember your name, probably, or didn't care. But yeah, I enjoyed my conversations with the owner's son. He'd come in the back. We'd talk. He was seemed like a kid with a bright future. I remember him being blonde, bushy-haired, 
all-American boy looking. Going off to college up near Canada somewhere. Next thing you know, I'm staring at him. He's in a coffin. He's dead. It was like a slap in the face. I thought, wow, this death shit is real. This is real. You're here one minute. Next minute, you're not. And uh, when I heard about Frank, it took me back. It took me back over the years. Thought about him. The many times our paths would cross and we would converse. And the last time, because you always try to think of the last time you saw somebody. And I think it might have been at the William Berger Memorial. So these folks, these folks that I knew, that I worked with, that I considered colleagues... We've lost a few of them. And we'll be losing more, no doubt. We all got to go sometime. Although I don't believe there's a reason. I don't think there's God's plan behind any of it. Come on. Really? It's all in God's plan. We don't understand God's plan. We don't understand it. It's, but it's all in God's plan. We're all in God's hands. Ugh. Oh, God. Death is random and cruel, is what it is. People die all the time who shouldn't have. And then other people are allowed to walk the earth who should have been stricken down long ago. There was a just God. What kind of God is this? Kills a 19 year old kid in a convertible. takes people way too young what is way too young by the way someone tell me 760-422-5528 it seems like that line keeps moving soon it'll be like 90 he was way too young oh 90 is so young 760-422-5528 760-I call AV just one of you bastards listening would actually pick up the phone and call. That would be fantastic. I didn't mean to say bastards, by the way. I meant people. One of you people. Oh, what are they going to say about me when I'm gone? That's I want to know. How do I find out now? Oh, look at that. We're at the halfway point here on Aerial View. And again, this show re-airs Tuesdays at 6 p.m. And then it becomes a podcast available on all your favorite podcast platforms, dare I say. Platforms. I love that. What platform are you on? I seem to be waiting for the Ronkonkoma train. No. No, that's not what I mean. Let's see, I'm trying to find the links. But just go and look wherever you look for podcasts. Look for Aerial View. Screw the links. Because it's uh, it's most places you could find it. And we're up to like show 22, 23, something like that at this point. I'm, I'm happy I revived the damn thing. You know, I did 22 episodes of a podcast called Job Story. That's also out there on a whole bunch of different platforms. You could find it. And I'm proud of that. And I enjoyed talking about the future of work after I lost my job. Now a lot of people are talking about it. I see people talking about it all over. And, uh... The job numbers came out today. 
the longest streak of job creation in modern times. What do you know? Can I have one of these jobs you're creating? Uh, more people talking about the gig economy as well. I guess I'm doing an upside down update. Look at that. Before I even knew. There is a cyclone tearing through India. Oh boy. That looks like a climate change story to me. You're going to see more and more of that. I don't know how long any of us have, especially myself. Seriously. Who knows? I just want to be gone before the shit truly hits the fan. That's all I ask. And I think that's going to be like 2040, 2050, somewhere around there. When we've reached the point of no return and there's like two or three degrees change in the temperature and suddenly people are killing each other for water. <laughs> uh, I used to be a utopian and now I'm a dystopian. But everybody's got a butt. Let's talk about mine. But while we live, how's that go? While we live, we breathe. Or maybe it's the other way around. While we breathe, huh? Life is for the living. That's always been one of my least favorite ones. Someone said that to me once. After I relayed this cavalcade of death. And I don't mean that ride at the fair where the guy goes around inside a, a wooden drum really fast on a motorcycle. No. That might also be the cavalcade of death. I meant these people, this, this, this stretch of a few years where a lot of people died. That I considered family. Friends, too. And it always was something I called my cavalcade of death. Did I mention the number here, by the way? 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. Now, those people, those people are all gone. There are things that they don't have to live through any longer. And you often wonder if they were here, what would they think of everything that's going on? What would they think of the uh, the day-to-day -day that we deal with? How would they be dealing with it? I My plan is to go as long as I can. That's my plan. I don't know what will interrupt that plan. None of us know. I'll do what I can. So there's still a lot of people who's... No, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. That's a terrible thing in a talk show host, by the way. Anytime you hear a talk show host say, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Okay, I was going to say, live long enough to pee on certain people's graves. But that just sounds petty now. Now that just strikes me as tone deaf, given the topic here. So, although, although it's a lovely image, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to hold stuff in. I'm not talking about pee. I mean, that anger with people. Come on. Let go of that. So let's see now. I, I think what's happening is 
Somebody did call the show, and somehow it went right into the voicemail. It didn't ring. So I, I think what happened is this damn thing reset itself somehow. The settings have changed. So I'm going to go and try to reset the settings. All right, you know what? I'm going to call this person back because I can. Let's see what happens. Let's call this person. See if they answer. I think I know who it is. Hello, you've reached Chris's one and only fan. Please leave a message. No, I'm here. How's it going? Phil! Yeah! You bastard. Come on, I have more fans than you. They're just chicken. <laughs> they don't want to call in. Buck, 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 buck. Buck, 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 buck. You know, sometimes when I try to think of funny things to say, I just say the first thing that's on my mind, even if I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be saying that. But aren't but, you? you know. a, but wait, aren't you a graphic designer? Yes. So why don't you leave the funny stuff to other people? Um, you do the graphic design. Come on, I, let's have an agreement. Yeah. I yeah, but I I like to try a lot of things. No, that was funny because you know Phil. I I think since I revived Aerial View, it's been the person that's called most often. I don't think yeah. I know it's Phil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe we well, should just have a that. show where I only talk to Phil. That's it. <laughs> I okay. don't know if I want to talk Every week, show. Phil calls. Phil, do you remember Frank O'Toole? I remember the name, and I, I honestly, I didn't listen to much WFMU until I discovered you in about 93, or maybe 91. But wow. I, I wasn't that, wasn't that familiar with him. Okay. Well, what, what, Did he play music? Was it talk he, show? He, he played music. Did a, yeah. He did a freeform show and uh, for many years. And I heard that a few years back he had a stroke. So, I mean, you know, the other thing, I mean, what do you think when you hear about somebody you know, Phil, who's passed on? What's the first thing you think? Do you think, is it like a moment where you go, hmm, wow, I wonder how old that person was? I mean, is it? what's the first yeah. thing that you think? Yeah, the first thing you think is, why did they die? How did they die? Yeah, what happened? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what and I it thought. Usually, it's, it, usually if they're very old, that question isn't a very strong question. Right. Usually the next question is, uh, did, were they in pain? Were they suffering? You know? Yeah. And then the third question is usually, did they have a good life? Wow, you are like a goddamn saint or something. I mean, my third question would probably be like more along the lines of, when's it coming for me? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I get that, and, and that's a very natural thing, but I'm not, I'm not that natural. I just, I'm not that worried about it, you know? Really? I've because through, you've, you've gone through what? Death? Yeah, I've gone through rough areas, rough periods. In fact, my rough period sort of coincided with yours. Um, okay. I honestly, I don't think I I had it nearly as bad as you. I had a I I think I had an easier upbringing. Yeah. But I went through that. I went through that angst, late teenage, yeah, early twenties, not knowing what you're doing with your life, not you know. So there were periods where it was like I don't I don't need to live. If mm. I get run over, that's fine with me, you know. And I kind of held on to that, even though I love life now. I don't worry about it ending in in a moment, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll do, have you prepared? Uh, what, do you got a family there, Phil? You got a wife and kids? Yeah. Okay. I have a wife. I have a stepson, a grown stepson. Okay. So now you have to do some afterlife planning, don't you? Yeah. Okay, Yeah, good. I mean, I, I, You got that yeah, done? All right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's going to be all right. Okay. Yeah. So, so everything's good. You, they know what to do. Like, if you end up on life support, they know what to do. For instance, yeah, I think okay. so. You yeah, think I'm not, so? I'm not too Don't leave that to yeah. chance, Phil. Come on. <laughs> well, uh, my wife can make the decision. She knows. She knows. She's very. She's very rational about that kind of stuff. We're we're of the same mind about that stuff. Okay. So, so you've had that uh, conversation, honey. If I can't oh, yeah. continue unassisted by <laughs> machinery, you have my permission to say goodbye. We. Ha I don't think we've. 
actually made a decision. We have um, instinctively, but if I go downstairs and ask her right now, she's going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll switch you off. She said, I'll pull the plug on you now. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. Oh, she, she'd probably say that too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's good that you, yeah, I, I, I worry about it a little bit, Phil. I mean, I, I've had that conversation with my wife, Sweet Tea. It's a difficult conversation to have. Yeah. Um, you know, it's also difficult to write everything down so that the person doesn't have to go and find all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's weird. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're at the age, you and I, Phil. How old are you, Phil? Uh, 55, almost 56. Okay. So... Yeah, that's my age. I'll be yeah, 57. Yeah, we over, yeah. overlap a little bit, yeah. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, writing stuff down, putting it in a file somewhere, this is what you need to know if I go. Something happens yeah. to me. Yeah. You know, I, I've i lived through that. Phil, have you lived through that where someone dies and they leave you a goddamn mess to clean up? Like a really mm. bad mess? Fortunately, no. Okay, I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not good. So, yeah, don't yeah, do that to the good. ones you love. Is all I'm saying. Right. All right. Well, I, I think. Yeah, I think. Fortunately, uh, it's it's our our life and our finances are very simple. Okay. We keep our money in one bank and we keep our savings with one person at one company. So, okay, that's it. That's good. One piece, two cars, one house. Yeah. Easy. Good. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I like that. Pare it yeah. back. Pare it down. I would right. like to take a fire hose to some of the rooms in this place. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Pair it back. Got too much stuff, Phil. Uh, take well, pictures so, of it and sell it all. You know, um, I have been. I've been. I've, I've been putting stuff up for sale. I've been unloading stuff. Yeah. It's always good. Yeah. Um, I hate shipping stuff. That's the part I right. hate. I hate shipping stuff. We, and yeah, yeah you go know, ahead. It makes. Because the local people, you know, and most of the time, if I get a new lawnmower, which I just did, I put the old one on Craigslist in the free section, and somebody comes and picks it up. Free lawnmower, dump it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I paid a hundred bucks. Paid a hundred bucks for it two years ago. You know, but somebody wanted it. Yeah, sure. And Kid is doing no shipping. Small motor repair. Sure, why not? <laughs> Learn yeah. small. Mo- get your Briggs and Stratton certificate. Why not? Yeah. Well, um, what about Facebook Marketplace? You ever use that? Because that's on no. the rise now. Okay. Never, never use it. Try, give it a try Bye. next time. Are you on Facebook? Yeah. You are on Facebook, aren't you? I am. Aren't we friends? I am. I let that and that thing. Yes. Okay. We are. So uh, I. That's my only social media. It's, it's I keep it, again. I I like to keep it simple. I use I use a phone basically for texting, little podcasts, and then uh, and phone calls. Don't okay. do the internet on the phone. Don't do any of that crap. Sure. Uh, That's... Yeah. I want when I when I'm out. I want to feel free. I don't want to be, be have people bothering me. You know. Yeah. They can bother me when I'm in, sitting in my office at home. Well, I'm bothering you now. Is it the dinner hour there? No, you're like three hours behind. So it's yeah, yeah. I'm good. It's about time for you to have a scotch, isn't it? <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. 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 I'll probably go. My wife and I will go to the local pizza place and have a have a beer. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have dinner downstairs with my missus yeah. before too much Very longer. Good. But um, Phil, here's hoping you live a good long life. Do Thanks. you have longevity you... in your family? By the way, I do. You yes, do. I do. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's good. I have shortevity in my family. Oh no. Well, <laughs> so far, I've outlived. Um, a few of them, actually. My grandfathers outlived them both, so that's good. Knock wood. Well, if, you can, if you can fall down the stairs with a bunch of boxes in your arms and, and not die, I think you're pretty good for another 20 years at least. Yeah, that I'll tell you what, that fall down the stairs was fucked up, Phil. I hate the did curse. You, did but, you totally yeah. recover? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I'm uh, I don't really, I think so. Good. I'm pretty sure. I might have knocked something loose, though. You know, the shoulder was the worst part. When the shoulder dislocated uh, in the hospital, when they dislocated my shoulder for me, because I I went into the hospital, Phil, and I didn't have a dislocated shoulder. 
And then these two yahoos who were talking about what they were going to do that that uh, night. Because it was, a, I believe it was a Saturday or a Sunday this happened. Yeah. They lifted me off of this thing and they shoved me in this MRI <laughs> machine. And when I came out, my shoulder was dislocated. And then they didn't believe me. And my left arm started to go numb. And I sat there in this waiting room in the ER. And I said, something's wrong. My arm is going numb. My fingertips are numb. I don't have any feeling in my arm. I'm in great pain. And they were like, oh, it's because you fell down the stairs. And I said, no, you got to take some more x-rays. And I finally convinced them. And my wife convinced them. And they they went, oh, yeah, your shoulder is dislocated. And I said, duh. No shit. Yeah. And then it took like five people to put my arm back in place. And, you know, it was like a whole procedure. You hold over here and then you put that hand over there. And then now we're going to shove. And uh, did you consider getting litigious on their ass? Oh, yeah. No, I spoke to a lawyer. And, you know, unless you're permanently disfigured, they they don't care. No, it it doesn't even matter. Did you say, look at my face? I said, look, I didn't go in there looking like this. Of course. I'm permanently disfigured. No, like if they <laughs> if they had managed to remove a pinky or something somehow, you know, then maybe, you know, the lawyer was like, hey, did you, are you disfigured? And I said, <laughs> I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. It just was effed you tell up. Me you had trouble, you know, tell me you had trouble using cutlery? I can't use cutlery, cutlery. I can't use silverware. Silverware. Did you meet your lawyer at the truck stop? No, that would have been a good idea. Why not think of that? No, I met the. I talked to a few. Same voice. I talked to a couple of lawyers on the phone. I didn't go and sit down with any lawyer. Maybe that was my mistake. But look, they were all very discouraging. That's neither here nor there. I didn't die, and and uh, I'm grateful for that because, you know, it could have gone a whole other way. I think. Down, you know, at the bottom of the stairs, there was a pile of laundry or something. There, there was, there was something that cushioned the blow because if it wasn't there, I just would have hit a whole bunch of wood with a cast iron radiator behind it, and that Great. that could have wow. been, that could have been far more painful. But yep. it was almost like, you know, it's, it was kismet. But boy, that was painful. I remember getting up and going, oh my God, I just hurt myself really bad. Oh my God. And then uh, the ambulance came for me. And the rest is history. Um, Phil, I I have to say, um, it's always good to talk to you. You're always welcome to call here. And I appreciate you you, uh, calling earlier. I, I realized what happened, why I didn't hear you. I had the volume turned down. So that's my fault, oh. Phil. Right. That's why it went into voicemail. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. Well, I, I'm I'm sorry for your loss. I know this this shit's happening to a lot of us this age, uh, and on all ages, but you know, especially our age. You know, we have older friends, and they they die, or our yes. age even. You know. Yeah. So I'm sorry to hear it. Man. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. There goes sure. Phil. Phil from Belleville, now in Portland. That's right. That's right. See you later, Phil. Got 10 minutes left on a aerial view. The show's been all over the map tonight, but that's usually how the show is. It usually is all over the map. And that's okay. It's the way the human mind works, see? It makes these connections. You never know where it's going to go. Seven six zero four two two five five two eight. I have the volume turned up now in case you call, whoever you are. Seven six zero. I call AV. Aerial view heard here on the Hound. NYC.com. Fridays six p.m. Eastern time. Live replays on Tuesday at six p.m. Eastern. And. Becomes a podcast Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. And uh, I've been talking a little bit about the loss of another friend. 
I think the other thing that happens when people die is we use our time with them as a marker of time. We ask ourselves when we first met them, how long we've known them, and now we mark that we've lost them. And a chapter comes to a close. And earlier I was talking about the awesomeness of death. It's one of the few things that you could still be in awe of. Where you may not be in awe of anything else. Who knows? But death stands before you. The void, yawning, the infinite void. And you try to contemplate it and ask yourself, what is it? Because all you've known ever is existence. And now you have to think of its opposite. You have to think of oblivion. What is that? The hell is oblivion? It's where you're headed. That's what it is. And, uh... Though I have no children... I know I'm supposed to add that I know of, because that's the standard joke. That I know of! <laughs> None have stepped forward. So I won't make that joke. But I have a lot, a lot of recordings in myself. That's what I have. A lot of air checks of me doing radio, doing podcasts. I'm going to load those suckers up onto the internet and I'll pay the eternal fee and you'll always have Chris T around I don't know can you pay an eternal server fee I don't think you can do they have that how would that work hmm. 760-422-5528 Got about seven minutes left in the program. your sweets, Mr. Connie. Oh, yeah. What else did I want to tell you about? Oh, we never did get to our topic of uh, ghosting and having ghosted. Being ghosted and having ghosted. That's what I was going to talk about. See that? It's going to have to wait to some other time because... We're essentially at a road here, so thank you for listening to Aerial View. Long may you run. Long may I run. Long may we all run. Let's see where this thing is headed. I say in the crapper, you might have a different idea. But we're going to see. And uh, you could hear this show replay on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern here on The Hound, NYC.com. And you can hear the podcast Tuesday at uh, 7 p.m. That's when it, quote-unquote, drops. Available on all your favorite platforms. Whatever those may be. 
Just go and search for Aerial View and you'll find it. Don't forget Hound Howl on Sunday, 3 to 5 p.m. Working our way through the Hound Howls. Followed by Crash in the Party. Replays of Crash in the Party. Working our way through those as well. Vintage Hound Shows otherwise. Here on your home for the Hound. TheHoundNYC.com I'm Chris T. You can find me on Facebook. Facebook.com slash CallAerialView. So long, Frank. O2. Thank you.